It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We have checked the tape, and here are our defensive thoughts for the Miami Dolphins' first preseason showcase, a 19-3 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. want to give a special shout-out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us because we don't just say we live it. It is your team every day. Uh, went through the All-22 tape of the Dolphins preseason showcase against the Atlanta Falcons, a 19-3 to loss that I think there was plenty of good on both sides of the ball. Obviously, the result little underwhelming. You read between the lines of your top 30 players don't dress for the game. The The Dolphins have some work to do, uh, but I, I think you can very easily find enthusiastic performances, especially when you consider the players that dress for this game. There's probably 20 spots open for those players on the roster, and you start picking and choosing player here, player there, player here, player there work your way through both sides of the football. Dolphins are going to have a lot of talent at their disposal. So what I have uh, is notes on the defensive side of the ball. We already dropped offensive notes earlier uh, in the weekend, and I have a roster that has all the players that partook in the game. We have defensive linemen, we have linebackers, and we have defensive backs. And we're going to work our way through from the front back all of the observations that I have from the All-22 of the Dolphins showcase against the Falcons. So starting with the defensive line, Emmanuel Agba looked like a guy who was head and shoulders the best football player out there for the Dolphins' defense. He only played a handful of snaps. It was 11 defensive snaps, and he rushed the passer on seven, and he hit the quarterback twice. And he also had, I believe it was the first play of the game defensively for Miami, set a really firm edge uh, and, and created a lot of forward push at the line of scrimmage at the point of attack uh, to win the line of scrimmage. So I, it was really nice to see Agba back and playing uh, closer to the level of what our expectation is for him. And it was obviously a short spotlight for him. He is the player who has the highest salary cap hit for the Dolphins this year but getting some positive reps back out there, whether he ends up being this th team's third edge rusher or not, um, I, I think is, is encouraging for the Dolphins to have that kind of performance. Now, the other guy who got a lot of run in the edge group uh, from a snaps perspective was Malik Reed. He played 27 snaps as the other edge defender. And if you were hoping that Malik Reed was going to alleviate all of your questions, about what happens if you were to move on from Emmanuel Agba and find a trade partner or something like that. I don't think he got the game that you were looking for. I don't think Malik Reed played uh, especially well. 
Um, he just, it, it was kind of this weird mix for me of you was hoping he'd either be a little bit more physical or a little bit more explosive. And I didn't necessarily see that. Now the Dolphins still have between Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Andrew Van Kinkle, who did not dress for this game as well. They've got plenty of options uh, to, to go into some of these spots. And I think Malik Reed will be on the roster because of his history of success in the Fangio system. But for me to find out Reed ended up playing 27 snaps and he rushed the passer 15 times, I didn't feel like he gave me the kind of performance I would have been hoping to see, uh, especially when you consider how the Falcons kind of tapped into their offensive line depth as that game played itself out. So Agba I have as kind of my head and shoulders performer that's the best of the bunch. Uh, I know a lot of people were hoping for me to talk about Brandon Peely, who's a buzzy undrafted free agent out of USC, because we're looking for somebody to kind of take the backup nose tackle spot. And could it be Peely? And I thought Peely, his best flashes came in the final 20 minutes of game clock to me. He sprawled off of one cut block and made a tackle at the line of scrimmage. And then he had another play where he was isolated on the center and created a lot of positive push back into the backfield. Um, but I think when you looked at the first half of this game, and, and look, uh, Peely played 30 snaps defensively. A uh, lot of reps, a lot of opportunities. I did not think he showcased the anchor of a player that is on the roster at 319 pounds to give you the indication that he could be a consistent A-gap defender and quality death piece. And if the Dolphins are going to live in this world, and they are, because that's the Fangio book, is too high shells, pre-snap, middle of the field, open coverage. They're trying to dictate and take away a lot of uh, alerts and opportunities to take shots down the field. You're going to live in a numbers disadvantage against the run. And I don't think you can be as high variance as Brandon Peely is and invoke confidence that you should be utilizing a spot on the roster for him. Now, I think Deshaun Hand, who came in, and obviously he signed this past week in Miami, I thought Deshaun Hand had some nice moments. I don't think he's a high ceiling player, but there was more than one instance of me seeing Deshaun Hand lock peak and shed and discard of blockers at the point of attack to challenge the ball carrier when the ball carrier chose to press and push into either adjacent gap uh, for Deshaun Hand. So I liked the, it was a non-sexy performance for Deshaun Hand, but I thought he performed well with the opportunities that he had. Uh, Peely was a little bit more of the roller coaster and the highs and the lows. Are you going to justify that as a roster spot? I'd I would have a hard time without seeing a more consistent anchor, a lot of double teams, uh, a lot of chip from a second offensive lineman before climbing to the second level that created too much displacement and movement for a guy who's as big as he is if his job is to be a nose tackle, in my mind. Um, Twyman, just a little bit of an odd blend of traits physically. And that's obviously where he, he slipped a little bit in the NFL draft process. 
but I thought he showcased some good lateral mobility. Uh, he's just another one of those players that I, I just don't know that the anchor is going to be stout enough to justify a spot for him. I, I think the physical development that he has undergone himself is helpful, but I don't know that it's really going to move the needle for you when it's all said and done. As far as the late round guys and the UDFA guys, uh, Garrett Nelson obviously had a sack in this game. Uh, Mitchell Agude had a sack in which the quarterback was forced off his spot. And Agude retraced back up towards the line of scrimmage to help tackle Logan Woodside for a sack. I thought Garrett Nelson played really hard and he played really fast. I just don't know that his blend of lack of length, lack of prototypical stature, he's about 245 pounds, and lack of explosiveness. Like that's the profile of a guy who's blue collar, works really hard, uh, could be a special teams demon for you. Um, but I don't think there's a ceiling to tap into for a really talented Dolphins team, especially in an edge group that right now would have Chubb and Phillips and Van Ginkle and Agba. And I'm still going to put Malik Reed in this conversation. So I, I just feel like the deck is probably stacked against him a little bit, but it's the kind of performance in my mind from Garrett Nelson that he didn't get pushed around too much at the point of attack, but you know, block deconstruction is probably always going to be an uphill battle for him. So he's always going to have to be really refined with his hand counters and playing off of first punch contact to win in that regard. Because if he tries to lock up with guys, and then try and deconstruct blocks. I just don't know that his extension stills are going to allow him to do that and have a lot of success with it. Now, we are going to shift to linebackers next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Our all 22 observations from the Dolphins matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Stick with us. August is here, and you know what that means. It's the official start of fantasy football drafting month, and you can get championship ready for your hometown league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you have to do is one live snake draft. Uh, there's no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup for you weekly, so it takes some of that manager margin of air out. You could try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time, and it is back with an absurd $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including $3 million as the grand prize going to the winner. Last year's winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the linebackers, uh, I've got good news and I've got bad news. <laughs> uh, the good news is it was a good day for linebackers named Channing Tindall. The bad news is it was a bad day in my eyes for every linebacker not named Channing Tindall. <laughs> so that is with the acknowledgement that Duke Riley didn't play and Jerome Baker didn't play and David Long didn't play in this contest. 
So of the linebackers who played, you had three guys who took a significant amount of snaps at linebacker. Aubrey Miller played 35 snaps. Mike Rose played 30 snaps. And Channing Tindall played 70 snaps. So those three guys got a lot of run for the Dolphins defensively. What you got with that effort, uh, I thought Tyndall did a really good job of fitting and filling and reacting. I didn't think he was uh, quite the slow processor, which I think was part of the book on him as a rookie. I think he was pretty confident. Now, there were some times, and this will happen when you play a wide zone, play action, heavy defense, uh, where I did think he overran uh, with initial pursuit, and then his athleticism was tested for him to get back into place. Uh, he does deserve also a little bit of an assist on that diving Cam Smith. Uh, that crosser was the one strong receiver. So Cam Smith has him, right? And Cam Smith's got to work over top of the stack or the bunch. So he's got to come over top of all of those players and then continue to cross. And Channing, as he's flowing with the run fake, reaches out and gets just enough of contact on that receiver that's coming through underneath all of that traffic with Cam Smith booking it, trying to get back onto him uh, to interrupt him a half step. And that was what allowed Cam Smith with that momentum to really fly back downhill and get back attached at the catch point on that play. So a special shout out to Channing Tindall for that effort on that play. But Tindall... When he played at Georgia, the kind of the book was this is a passing down linebacker who really thrives in um, fire zone blitzes and being able to come between the tackles and triggering. What you saw against Atlanta was a lot of instances of I'm keying and reading, I'm flowing to my gap, I'm addressing a blocker, and then I am deconstructing that block with my hands, with my power, with my balance in a three-dimensional plane, and I am uncovering to square up the ball carrier in the hole. And he, he, he must have done it five, six times. And that kind of development for Channing Tindall is a huge development in the same way that the Eric Azukama discussion that we had for the offensive show if you start getting that with any level of consistency from Channing Tindall, I think it is a big needle mover. Now, you acknowledge uh, you're playing the Atlanta Falcons uh, from an offensive prowess perspective. They've got young talent. A lot of the young talent didn't play in the game. They stuck with their third string starter, effectively the entire, or the third stringer at quarterback, effectively the entire way. But it's progress. And that's what I'm really dialed into. As far as the other two linebackers, uh, you had Aubrey Miller, who had ups and downs. I think Aubrey Miller was, th things felt like they were happening for him pretty fast. Uh, there were instances where I thought he took himself out of favorable positions, trying to process everything that was happening in real time and jumping out of gaps and into another gap where a safety is coming down to get involved in the run fit. So now you got two defenders in one gap and nobody in the other gap. And he was in, in place to, to fit it properly to begin with. I, I thought he really struggled with coming down into traffic and working off of blockers and doing what we just complimented Channing Tindall for doing. And then Mike Rose, I think, is probably just a half step slow athletically. Uh, I thought it, this, this is probably a player that 
is going to thrive in a little bit more true base base defense as a Mike linebacker where you get that little bit of extra support where uh, whether the Dolphins are in their base 3-4, uh, in their, their tight front or their tough front, which all that is is it's a 3-4 and you're dictating what gap the nose tackle is playing in either the front side A or the back side A, or you're getting into your sub package groups. It, it's two stack backers, right? It's either effectively a five, two, or it's a four, two. And those linebackers, you got to have a lot of range and you got to have a lot of mobility to be able to get back and relate to uh, backs out of the backfield, but still simultaneously get depth. And I just thought Mike Rose looked like, his range was the biggest limiting factor for him uh, in this contest. So I think you think about what you have in David Long. I think about what you have in Jerome Baker. I think about what you have in Duke Riley. And in the same way that Eric Azukama is the change of pace, young, athletic, powerful player in the wide receiver room, Channing Tindall, all, I mean, what's he on the, on the roster here at? 236 pounds versus the other stack linebackers. Uh, Aubrey Miller's 229. Jerome Baker's 225. David Long's 227. And this, this dude's 10 pounds heavier plus than all those other guys in your linebacker room right now, assuming Mike Rose doesn't happen. And I think that's probably a fair assumption given that he was playing spring football on one of the lower leagues. Having that kind of body type who can still be explosive and still be physical um, and, and seeing it in preseason in year two very early on, uh, you're suddenly very excited. And, and this was a player that all spring, like we had kind of resided in, and myself included, just because it was, you know, these players are out of sight, out of mind. You really don't know what to expect from, from player development. Player development's not linear, right? Some Players come into the league and they just like a rocket. It's consistently getting better and better and better and better from the very jump. Some players, it's, you know, there's a big jump initially and then there's some regression and then they make another big jump. Um, some players never develop at all and they, they just struggle with the pro game. But to see Azukama and Tyndall as players who were uh, behind the scenes effectively their first season, and these these guys come out and, and effectively have statement games in the first preseason game, is the kind of momentum that I think could really inject some um, added upside to these rooms that we maybe haven't been considering or at least had not been considering throughout the course of the spring. We are going to finish with the secondary, and there's some standouts here that we're going to tip the cap to as well, so make sure you keep it locked in right here. Football season is upon us, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you pick a Super Bowl winner at FanDuel, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's right. So if you want to pick the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl this winter, you will get bonus bets for every regular season victory the Dolphins provide you all season long. You can use those bonus bets on the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the secondary. I got my roster here. Uh, Players that played in this contest that I was especially interested in noting included Noah Igbenogany. Deshaun Elliott, Elijah Campbell, Cam Smith, Eli Apple. And then we get a couple of young guys that did flash a little bit, but those are kind of the guys that, you know, you came into the game and you knew you were going to be evaluating what kind of performance they were able to give you. So uh, as far as the corners, we'll start on the outside corner. You had Eli Apple, Cam Smith, and Noah Igbenogany, who all played a fair amount of snaps. I did not think this was a particularly strong showcase for Noah. Uh, He did give up the one dig route across the middle of the field where he tried to, to close and and actually did a really nice job squeezing at the catch point and was in position to contest the throw. It was just really good hands catch by the receiver, but there were other instances where you're watching Noah elsewhere and, uh, there was a kind of a double move on the outside on a route that he wasn't targeted against and and a little overreactive there and gave a lot of vertical separation on that play. There was another instance where he tried to transition and flip and carry his hips vertically and playing in space, and he lost his footing and fell down. So those things, they, they really don't get the, the look or the spotlight because the ball's not thrown there. But when you zoom out and look at it from the 30,000-foot view and you're watching each one of these plays kind of organically unfold, those kinds of miscalculations do pop to you a little bit and say, Ooh, that could have been real bad. And those were the plays that I think marred Noah Igbenogany. You'll, you'll look at the catch that he conceded and you say, man, it was a missed opportunity. He was right there and he was, uh, but you're just hoping for a little bit more consistency from a movement skills and space and not being too reactive to the first stem that a receiver gives you. Uh, in risk of surrendering your your leverage. I thought Eli Apple, however, uh, played pretty solid football. He had one really nice fill and tackle on the perimeter as well uh, from zone coverage where he had a a bigger-bodied player who caught the ball in the flat, and he came up and made the tackle. Uh, And I was impressed from that perspective uh, for Eli Apple, what he was able to do. Uh, in that instance and prevent a first down. Uh, so Eli played 18 snaps, nine in coverage, nine in run defense. I, I thought that tackle on the perimeter really popped to me as a positive play for him. And then Cam Smith, a uh, couple really nice plays. Obviously, Mike, Mike McDaniel came out this morning or Sunday, I guess, afternoon and met with the media and said, you know, Cam uh, avoided a long-term injury, left the game with a shoulder injury. Uh, his return is going to be predicated on how he responds to the treatment. It might be two weeks. The nice thing is if it's, if it's less than two weeks, you know, you might get some more uh, looks and 
I guess they don't have joint practice with Atlanta. So we're, we're probably done with joint practices for Cam Smith, but you might get a preseason look at him uh, two weeks from now. But sounds like he should be ready for the start of the season, which is about a month away. Uh, so he'll continue to get work. Uh, I, I thought there were um, a couple of instances for Cam where things that broke across the middle of the field uh, and you're in a tough position because you're playing in space and you're not squeezing that route uh, at the top of the stem. And then you really have to have efficient footwork and dynamic athleticism to close there. When you saw the dynamic athleticism with the assist from Channing Tindall on the pass broken up on the shallow play, uh, I thought the tackle there, uh, in the red zone is a great embodiment of why we care that corners can tackle because every offensive coach in the league, if they tell you, if you told them, hey, the cor- you're going to be able to get the cor- force the corners to have to tackle you. Um, and those are the players that if you don't account for and block, it's going to have to be the corners that make the play. They're going to like their odds. Now, you saw Eli Apple make a really good tackle. You saw Cam Smith make a really good tackle. So I love seeing that kind of tackling from these corners. Um, I think just for Cam, it's it's getting more reps and having more anticipation and, and feeling route combinations and and understanding when you're going to get hit with an in-breaking route where you can maybe squeeze it and stay a little tighter on it. But uh, I, I thought Cam Smith showcased himself very well, as did Eli Apple. Two of those three I thought were... Uh, admirable performance from a safety perspective. I did not think this was a overly great showcase for the Elijah Campbell um, train. Uh, the That second safety spot, Deshaun Elliott's in the running. Brandon Jones, when he comes back, will be in the running. Um, I don't think Elijah Campbell's going to be competing with those guys. Now, I think his special teams upside, I think it's Billy Blea Gunner. Uh, I think his ability to uh, be an effective tackler, uh, all of those things kind of blend and and you have a role on your roster for him. And I think he can be a fourth safety who can do some sub package stuff or, or be a reasonably uh, effective depth player. But I did think this was a game. He had one play where he was in really good position. There were two in-breaking routes in the intermediate area of the field. And if he had just felt the outside, the one receiver, if he had felt that he was peeling in behind him and he worked his eyes back to the quarterback, the ball would have hit him right in the face and could have had an interception. But he was looking through to the running back, but the quarterback had already started his throwing motion. So he's getting width to relate to the back and vacated the prime real estate as the quarterback is breaking his hands off the ball and initiating his throwing motion where if he had a little bit wider scope of vision, he could have potentially squatted and sat on that throw and could have had a turnover for the Dolphins. Uh, the other player that I thought showcased himself good was Kedron Smith. Uh, very active. He was targeted a handful of times. Uh, he was involved on a deep uh, pass breakup downfield. He was involved on the uh, breakup in the end zone on the fourth down stop for the Dolphins. Uh, I thought he flew around. I thought he had good energy as well. Uh, I thought he played confident. So that's a player that I'll uh, I'll be eager to see more of. He played 31 snaps. He played a pretty reasonable amount. The uh, 
Uh, highest snap taker for the Dolphins was Channing Tindall with 35, then Aubrey Miller with 34, Jalen Twyman 32, Kedron Smith 31, and then Brandon Peely and Mike Rose with uh, 30 apiece tied for fifth. So some young players getting a lot of run. I mean, UDFA Aubrey Miller, UDFA Kedron Smith, um, former UDFA Jalen Twyman, former UDFA Mike Rose, uh, UDFA Brandon Peely. Those are your top six snap takers. Five of your top six snap takers are, are former UDFAs that are all young players. And uh, they still managed to, to find themselves in a situation where they gave up a couple runs. They got gouged on that touchdown run at the uh, beginning of the second quarter. And, and that was really it for what they surrendered throughout the course of the game. I thought the DBs were really competitive down the stretch and gave the, gave the team a chance to win. Now, special teams didn't cooperate in either the offensive side of football. But that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, especially when uh, the opposing team is is playing a lot of guys that are going to play on Sundays, and, and you're really evaluating a lot of guys and don't, don't dress did not dress the top 33% of your roster. So uh, the end result is what it is. It's a learning experience for the Dolphins, a great evaluation opportunity. We took advantage of that here on Locked On Dolphins, dove into the tape. Hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you keep it locked in here on Locked On Dolphins because it is your team every day. Fins up. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. I'll be back again tomorrow with more Miami Dolphins talk as we get ready for joint practices against the Houston Texans. So I hope to see you there. Fins up. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.